Welcome to In Your Area. This episode introduces the new Area Commission Protection Program, which is a benefit now included in your area member dues. Michael Broderick of Homes and Garden Real Estate joins Kate Bailey, Area's Director of Program Development, and Michelle Perot, Area's Senior Professional Development Advisor, in discussing the origin of the program and how it impacts both associates and brokers. The trio walk through the program steps, emphasizing important dates, forms, and the diligence that agents must take to ensure their commissions remain protected. Michael speaks to his experience as a broker on the Commission Protection Working Group, where he worked with fellow Alberta realtors to ensure the program fairly addresses the concerns of both agents and their brokers. We hope you enjoy. Hi, my name is Michelle Perrault and I am the Senior Professional Development Advisor here at AREA. And today I'm here with Michael Broderick and Kate Bailey, both of whom were part of the Commission Protection Working Group that helped to establish the program. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Michael Broderick. I'm the broker owner of Homes and Gardens Real Estate Limited in Edmonton. And I am Kate Bailey and I am the Director of Program Development at AREA and I was the staff liaison who was helping the working group develop and implement the Commission Protection Program. Great, thank you both so much for being here. We here at AREA, we recently launched the Commission Protection Program and it's designed to protect the commissions earned by members in the event that they are not rightfully paid by their brokerage, included with the membership fee. Members don't have to sign up for the program or pay any additional fees. The policy that acts as the foundation for the program, as well as the details about how to access a program, can be found on AREA's website at www.albertarealtor.ca. Why don't we go ahead and delve into this a little bit further here. So in 2016, two large brokerages in Calgary collapsed, impacting about 700 realtors, many of whom did not receive the commissions that they had earned. How did this influence the development of AREA's Commission Protection Program? I think firstly, we realized that this happened and there was nothing in place to protect these agents in Anyway, uh, agents said, what do we do? And no one had an answer for them. So we really looked closely at what was happening and we learned from it. We thought, wow, uh, they were big brokerages, so it affected a lot of people, which was um, unfortunate. However, we were able to look at it and say, what would have happened if we'd have had a process in place where they could be protected? And maybe what kind of time frame would we put around that? In both cases uh, of these large brokerages, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, it had gone on over a period of time and had there been something in place that would have been able to step in sooner and protect these agents or at least stop more agents from being affected, it would have certainly helped. When we were developing the program, we looked at the circumstances surrounding those two brokerages to see where things could be done differently. And we took those learnings and used them in developing some of the framework for the program. And as Michael mentioned, timelines, it's a key component of this program. And by instituting the timelines that we have developed, it does a couple of things. Number one, it prevents the snowball effect that happened with these two brokerages. There was troubles that went over months and months and months. And with the program that we have in place, we'll be able to identify problems very quickly, preventing you know, this, the collapse and, the, and the, the bigger issues that resulted because it went on for such a long time. Gotcha. So speaking of money, $500,000 has been included in the budget to support this program. How did you determine that amount? With the Protection Working Group, we worked with accountants, actuaries, and we did an analysis of the data. We looked at the number of agents in Alberta, the number of brokerages, the size of the brokerages, the 
number of transactions, value of the transactions. And through that analysis, 500,000 was the figure that we determined. And we think it's a conservative figure. We don't anticipate $500,000 of unpaid commissions going on an annual basis, but we wanted to make sure that there was enough in place to support the members should there be a number of circumstances that occur. A nice thing about the program is that we, though we set aside 500,000, if that money isn't used, it's rolled over and we're able to build a sort of a security net. The fund grows a little bit year after Absolutely. year. And the nice thing from a member perspective is it's less than $50 a year from the membership fees. And again, that's not an additional fee. It's already included in the fee. And so I think it's quite a good value for the program. Absolutely. Um, and because it's being contributed to by all the members, members can't opt out. You're, you're in and you don't have to do anything. You're simply covered by paying your current area dues. Right. So no additional cost to them at all. Correct. Fantastic. So a working group of brokers from across the province was brought together to help develop this program. Why did you feel that it was important to get their input in this? Uh, this has been talked about um, for some time now, the possibility of a, of a commission insurance program or some kind of commission protection uh, program, and certainly had a lot of discussion after the two large brokerages in Calgary uh, ran into some difficulty. The challenge always in the initial conversations were that there's it was going to be very onerous on brokers. There was going to be possibly brokers would have to allow area to be able to look at their accounts or provide an audited financial statement to area or, or do something or have a, a, you know, have to comply with a, a regular reporting of some kind. And, and brokers really said, look, you know, we're happy to see agents protected, but we don't want the onus all on our business. For the most part, uh, the vast majority of brokers are not having any difficulty paying their commissions. Agents are paid uh, in a timely manner and everything is, is fine. So if everything is fine, why should brokers be subject to all this extra work? So the working group of brokers was put together to get some conversation happening with brokers to say, what would work well within your, in your brokerage model? What's reasonable? What's a reasonable amount of time to, to pay? somebody? Uh, what's a reasonable time for, for someone to be able to, to make a claim? Brokers talked about, uh, you know, they, we, we helped contribute to some of the data determining the amount of money that's, that's put aside as well, because we could provide uh, data on, on the number of closings and things that we have. So it was, it was really good. So we were able to reach a point where we could protect associates and still um, allow brokers to operate uh, with minimal extra requirements. One of our goals of this group was to really maximize the protection for the members while minimizing the administrative burden, both to the aim of preventing the catastrophic losses that we did experience in the past. And I think we got some really good insights for um, how brokerages work, but how we could have that balance of protecting the agents and making it easy for the brokers. So it's a, a win-win program, keeping it, keeping it simple, really. Absolutely. It's, it's great. And I think too, you know, it's important for brokers to know as well in the program, aside from them not having um, an onerous responsibility in providing any information uh, to area if they're not, uh, if they don't have any claims, brokers are also protected by this program when they're acting as an agent, as many brokers do. Right. Right. So it's it's important for our members to recognize that we did, you know, take the time to, to understand the perspectives of both brokers as well as the agents and that it is to to benefit both parties. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. OK, the time frame that members have to submit a claim keeps coming up. And I just want to make sure that members are clear on when to submit a claim and why it is so important that it's within this time frame. Can you just speak to that a little bit further? Certainly. Timeline is essential with this program and we wanted to develop a program that was reasonable from the broker perspective. So we've allocated a 30 day window for brokers to pay their agents. And so 
no claims can be filed in that time. Now, if by day 31 an agent hasn't been paid, then they are able to submit a claim. And agents themselves also have a 30-day window. So in between day 31 and day 60 after closing date, that's their window. So they, if they submit a, try to submit a claim before that, we can't open a file. If they try to submit a claim after 60 days, regrettably, we will never be able to open a file. So there is a clear window and they have to take it. The important thing is that that allows us to identify the problem early, to contain things and to prevent the problem from growing and, and really repeating the circumstance of the two brokerages in Calgary. And so we wanted to um, institute those timelines to really so that we could identify problems early and keep things contained. And in from a practical perspective, the how is easy. On the website, there's a claim form. It's a very simple form. You go onto the site, fill it out and email it to area. There's instructions there. And that's all you have to do to submit the claim. The submitting is the easy part. So what happens? So once the agent does submit that claim, can you go through a little bit of the process of what that looks like um, once they've submitted the claim? Sure. So an agent submits a claim by submitting the form and providing a little bit of supporting documentation. I'll be the one that receives the documents and I'll review it and I'll reach out to the agent and we'll have a bit of a conversation and I'll under try to understand what's going on. My second call will be to the broker. And at this stage, the broker gets the opportunity to clarify what's going on. And there may be some very good reasons why the agent hasn't been paid. Michael, you wanna give a couple of examples of why? For sure, I mean, sometimes a deal just doesn't close on time. We've submitted all the paperwork to, to lawyers and sometimes things go wrong at the end. And everybody assumes that everything is, is fine, but the, the file hasn't technically closed in terms of, of title transfer. Uh, uh, buyer may be in their property tenancy at will or something and the, the lawyers just aren't prepared to release funds so it's a perfectly valid reason why uh, the commission funds haven't been um haven't been released uh, sometimes a date is just you know not right somebody thinks it was closing this date it's actually closing um that date but i think it's it's really important too for members to remember that this is not this program is not designed so that at day 31 every time you pick up the phone and, and talk to area throughout the process you should be in, in communication um, with your brokerage finding out what the status of the of the deal is because sometimes there just there just is a reason um, and your broker would be quite happy to to talk to you about it very seldom um, is there um, anything mischievous happening uh, there. There's a, all, usually a valid reason why it's, it's not, uh, not been paid out. So once I reach out to the broker and have those conversations, it might, might very well be that there are these circumstances that Michael talked about and we're able to see that it's reasonable why a claim, pardon me, why the commission hasn't been paid. Um, and so at that point, maybe the, the file is closed or maybe it's put on hold for a little bit, or it could be that there is in fact a problem. And if the broker can't give a good reason why it's been paid or if the broker doesn't provide information and it becomes evident to me that, you know what, there is a problem here. At that point, I would dig down a little bit deeper, clarify some of the details. And the idea is once I've verified that in fact, the commission hasn't been paid, we will compensate the agent and pay them the commission that they're owed. And it's, it should be as simple as that. 
right? It's, it, it sounds like a great process if people just, just follow the follow the rules and, and go through. I think brokers too, though, should be aware brokers that are listening to our podcast today should also be aware that you're not automatically penalized. If an agent makes a claim, you are going to get a phone call from area and you will be able to provide your backup saying that this is the situation and that, that everything is, is fine. So brokers will not be um, automatically penalized in any way. Absolutely. There are two sides to every story and I need to have heard clearly from both. And there's always lots of paperwork that goes behind there. So I get to, you know, put on my investigation hat and <laughs> right. learn a little bit, what's, what, learn a little bit more about what's going on. And so I think each case will be very unique. Hopefully there aren't many cases, but right. when they do across, we will encounter them as we, and we'll manage them as they come across. Right. So area really serves as a neutral investigator at that stage, just trying to find what's really going on before they were to, to deem a broker ineligible. Absolutely. Everyone has an opportunity to state their case and prove evidence of that they, they have paid, the reason why they haven't been paid, the timing of it, etc. Um, it is not it's not meant to be punitive. This is not an area versus the broker situation. It's the brokers are our members too. Um, and right. we want to treat it fairly uh, and just understand what's going on and hopefully provide protection for the folks who, who need it. Right. That, that leads back as well to the timeline. Again, the initial 30 day window, it's being reasonable to, to brokers. Things, things take time. Yeah, that makes sense. And really it's key that there's communication between the broker and their agent, right? When it comes to understanding where things are at. Absolutely. And as Michael yeah. said earlier, the first call shouldn't be to area. You know, they, they should have right. been in touch with their brokerage all along. Items could be cleared up quite easily between the agent and the broker. And hopefully that communication has happened before area is brought in. Right. So once area is brought in and Kate, you do the investigation and you speak with both parties and you determine that there is a, a, an issue presenting itself here. Um, and we do move towards identifying that broker as uh, deeming them as ineligible. Can you dig into that a little bit further. What does this mean exactly and why is this so important? Certainly. So once the investigation occurs and it becomes evident that the broker is not paying the agent the commission that is rightly due, we declare that broker ineligible. And that means a couple of different things. So number one, we will, it's important that we notify members when a broker has become ineligible. So their name will be listed on our website uh, in the, the side of the website that is accessible only to members. So it's not on the public facing side. We will notify the agents in their brokerage that uh, this has happened and send a general communication to the members. So part of the program is that we will need to share that information with the membership at large. And from a practical perspective, what it means is that once a broker has been deemed ineligible, transactions that are completed under that brokerage after that date will not be covered by the program. And so any contracts that have been signed before the broker is deemed ineligible, regardless of when it's closing, when the, when the property closes, are covered by the program, but future transactions will not be. The broker can still work, the broker, the agents can all still work with them. There's nothing to prevent any relationships or any transactions from being conducted with that brokerage, but folks need to know that they're doing so with an element of risk, that the, those transactions are not covered by the program. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. Uh, and, and this is part of the transparency of this of this program. Um, it, it's not fair that somebody is having, uh, has made a claim and is having their commission paid out by area. Nobody knows that that's happening at that, uh, at that brokerage. Um, again, the goal is to mitigate the risk here. If we look back to the two large brokerages, had we had the time frame in here and said uh, claims could have been made within 60 days and after that, nothing is covered really the number would have been much smaller than uh, the, the amount of commission that was lost by agents um, from those two brokerages. So this is a really important part uh, of the program. And again, it's, it's saying to agents, uh, you, can, you can certainly stay there, but you're not going to have commission protection insurance. Right, okay, so they're kind of taking that risk on themselves there. Absolutely. Okay, so from the broker perspective, once they've been deemed ineligible, is that it? Or is there something that they can do to get off that list? You're going to have the ability to be uh, become eligible again by by paying back the commission money that's that's owed, um, if that's a possibility. And in that regard, we would take their name off the ineligible list. We would notify the members that they're no longer ineligible. Um, again, the program is not designed to be punitive. It's designed to protect, and we need to do so by having that transparency that Michael referenced earlier. It's also right. important to remember that this is not just. Um, it's not just protecting agents either. I, you know, I really try and look at the broker perspective on, on all of this and it's protecting, uh, it's protecting other brokerages and brokers as well, because of course we all, um, we all share money um, between each other. We're, we're all paying each other um, all the time. So um, if, if something's happening with the, happening with a brokerage, um, my, my agent can't get paid if the money can't come from another brokerage. So it's important that all the brokerages are aware of which brokerages are ineligible uh, as well, because that may make a difference in um, how trust money is, is held, et cetera, how we actually deal with the transaction. Right. Are there any program exclusions that our members should know about? As with all programs, there are certain exclusions and they're listed on the website for the complete list, but I can highlight a few big ones for you. So number one, the brokers cannot file a claim if they fail to pay themselves. So Michael, if you fail to pay yourself, you are not allowed to file a claim. <laughs> um, Michael, if you work with an immediate family member, so a spouse or a child, and if you fail to pay your family member, that family member cannot file a claim. However, both of you are able to file claims if another broker has failed to pay you. So right. it, by working for a family member or by being a broker doesn't mean you are excluded from the program. It's just there's certain transactions that are covered and certain transactions that are not covered. As we mentioned earlier, once a broker has been deemed ineligible, if an agent elects to work with that person and that person fails to pay their commission, that is also ineligible. There are a few other things. So for example, if the seller is the one that fails to pay the commission, those transactions will not be covered by the program. So that is not any one of our members or brokers who are you know, withholding the funds. It's, a, it's an external party. Right. And, that, and that does happen. That, that's something that, that I think all brokerages have experienced at one time or another. That's something that happens and it would still be handled legally the same way that we handle it now. One of the members asked me if um, sort of expenses beyond the commission would be covered. So in the example where a, a brokerage fails and the agent is owed commission, but also had been promised a bonus or had been owed 
you know, reimbursement of expenses. Um, while I would believe that the money is owed to them and that it was earned, the program doesn't cover those items. So commissions only, not other deals that are occurred within the brokerage. But those are the big ones. Again, we tried to make it as inclusive as possible, as easy as possible, but fair to the, the program side of things as well. Right. Okay, that's great. And if people want to read into that further, they can obviously go to the website and see the full list of exclusions as well. Absolutely. And once they read it, if they've got questions, I'm happy to answer any questions from the folks. So that's not a problem. Excellent. So you've both provided us with a lot of information today. Um, I think a lot of really good, clear messaging, but if you had to identify a couple of key takeaways that you really want our members to, to leave um, the podcast with, what would those be? I think the key messaging for me is, of course, be completely cognizant of the time frame. Um, no claim can be filed prior to 30 days from closing date. And then the window is another 30 days from day 31 until day 60 to file the claim. Any claim filed outside of 60 days from closing will not be covered. To, to add to that, make sure you have your paperwork organized too. Yes. So, so you're going to submit the form and then I'm going to say, great, what is your supporting documentation? So the more organized you are, the better, the, the better you are with your paperwork to make it really clear what you're owed for what, for what transaction. It'll really strengthen your claim and make it easier for me to say, yes, we need to, this is legit. We need to give this agent back their money. A key thing that I heard in developing this program was this was something the members wanted, they needed. There was the member vote uh, giving us the direction to move forward from this. Then we dug a little bit deeper to learn from the, the example of the two big brokerages that collapsed and then working with our group to understand the concerns of the brokerages and the agents. And I'm really pleased with the program that we've developed. I think it checks a lot of boxes. We're there to support the members to provide the protection that they haven't had before. Um, it's, I think it works nicely with how the brokers operate. It's not uh, onerous on their side. And I'm really proud that we're able to produce this program. And in, in doing the research, we looked at the, what was occurring at the different provinces, and this is unique. Um, the other provinces, most of them don't have any type of protection. And those that do, it's a very different system. So this is a, uh, a unique solution for Alberta and for our members. And I know I'm really proud of what we, how it's come together. And I'm pleased to be able to support our members in the way that we're doing. It's a great program for members. And I think too, just a final key messaging from the broker side, provided that you are paying your commissions and no claims are being filed, the way you conduct your business day to day does not change at all. It's business as usual, which was really a key thing for me as a broker that this program didn't impose any restrictions uh, uh, or extra work uh, on me on top of what we already already do. So I think that's a real positive for, for brokers that it's just business as usual unless a claim happens. So we'll see, right. hopefully uh, there aren't many claims that come in, but should that occur, we are here and we are ready and uh, happy to help our members. Excellent, that's great information. So if our members do want um, more information, where is the best place for them to go? Yep, they just need to go to AREA's website and look under Member Services for Commission Protection and all of the details are there. Awesome. Kate, Michael, thank you for your time today. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you, Michael, Kate, and Michelle for taking the time to share this conversation. 
and we hope to see you the next time we are in your area.